Well, hello. Welcome back to Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. This week, I'm going to take a deep dive into resentments and their role in a healthy recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction. But there's no doubt in my mind that unresolved resentments are unhealthy and dangerous for all human beings, addicts or not. And I think it's probably safe to say that All of us are carrying some of those resentments with us right now. And I bet some of us even have resentments that go back decades. But we'll get into that in a minute. Before I get started, I want to take a second to express my gratitude today. To those of you who have made donations to the podcast as part of my uh, brief 30-day fundraiser, I promise to make good use of the funds as I continue to create content, learn, grow, and improve Between the Lines, the podcast. If you too would like to go the extra mile to help support my mission to destigmatize addiction and spread kindness, positivity, and hope to addicts, alcoholics, and their loved ones, it is not too late. There are still two days left to give before the end of the fundraiser. I have included a link to the PayPal fundraiser in the episode notes. Uh, So you can uh, use that if you so decide. Unfortunately, it does take money to maintain the quality and consistency of a podcast like this one. And I would love to continue doing this for a long, long time. So thanks in advance for your help. If you're picking up what I'm laying down, please click the fundraiser link in the episode notes and make a small donation to the podcast. Every little bit helps. If you are not in a position to give right now, but you'd still like to show your support for the podcast, please take a minute to rate, review, and follow Between the Lines of the Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Each rating and or review Makes it a little more likely that new listeners will find their way to the podcast on whatever podcast platform they use. Remember, the bigger the audience, the bigger the impact. Thanks to all of you who have already taken the time to do this. It means a lot. Okay, enough of that. As always, you if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast or about my book, or if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, or if you're interested in advertising your business, charity, foundation, or event on Between the Lines of the Podcast, please drop me an email at betweenthelinesmemoir at gmail.com. But more important than any of that, thank you all for listening today. Like I said, I'm going to be discussing resentments in recovery today. But before we get to that, this is the good news. Good news. Once again, I have two good news stories for you this week. The first story comes from New York, where Lena Horne became the first black woman to have a Broadway theater named after her. The Brooks Atkinson Theater was renamed the Lena Horne Theater 
What a perfect way to honor the late movie actress, dancer, singer, and civil rights activist. Our second good news story comes from Pennsylvania, where Governor Tom Wolf decriminalized fentanyl test strips, a measure that will certainly save lives. Anything that puts a dent in the staggering number of opioid overdose deaths is good news in my book. So that was the good news. Now let's get to the main event already. So shortly after I released the last episode of the podcast, uh, which was about making amends in recovery, I realized that it would make a lot of sense to follow that episode up with an episode about resentments and recovery. For a lot of us, these are the two biggest stumbling blocks in recovery. And I, for one, think they are more than a little bit related to each other. For many drug addicts and alcoholics, handling resentments and relieving ourselves of their burden in a healthy way is crucial to our recovery. Lingering resentments can leave us stuck in the past, and often that puts us in danger of relapse. Some addicts and alcoholics begin their recovery journeys with a long list of some very real and justifiable resentments, often as a result of some past trauma in their lives. Some of these resentments may be directed at specific people in their lives who have caused them great harm. Think of a physically, mentally, emotionally, or sexually abusive parent, or maybe a parent who is largely absent from the recovering addict's life. Or maybe an ex-wife or an ex-husband who has bad-mouthed the addict uh, or alcoholic to their children during a particularly ugly separation and divorce. Or maybe there's a boss or a co-worker who demeans and belittles the recovering addict or alcoholic in the workplace. Or maybe they have a friend who has seemingly abandoned them when they needed the most. Or maybe they have resentment against cancer for killing their dad. Some of us may even have deep resentments against society and the patriarchal, misogynistic, homophobic, and racist systems we live in. And almost all of us have resentments surrounding addiction and our drug of choice or drink of choice. Maybe we even resent those of you who can drink and use drugs in moderation without having any problems. And most of us have even more resentments grounded in our jealousy of others. Needless to say, letting those resentments build up inside of us is not healthy, especially for someone as vulnerable as a recovering addict or alcoholic. Much like the guilt and shame that many of us are feeling, these resentments left unresolved are quite likely to lead us to drink or to use drugs. We usually don't need much to start that dangerous relapse rationalization process. And resentments certainly qualify as an easy trigger for a lot of us. Before I share my experience dealing with resentments and recovery, I want to share some of the responses I got from the amazing recovery community that I recently discovered on Twitter when I posted this question to my Twitter feed. Here is the question. How did you manage to process and let go of the resentments you carried with you into recovery? 
And here are a few of the responses I got. The first one comes from someone named Bud Klasky. Bud wrote, Remembering my own happiness is most important. And the past is the past is the past. Can't change it. Thanks for that, Bud. Uh, this next person, uh, his name is Moses. I'm not sure if it's that Moses. No last name here. Uh, Moses wrote, Call a few fellow newcomers, and do service. That takes me out of self. Resentments are a number one killer for me, says Moses. This next one comes from someone named Diane B., who wrote, I had a huge resentment against my last partner who died from this disease. When I overdosed, he left me to die. He was abusive in many ways. When he died, his mom made it made him her higher power, so I had a resentment against her. Ran into her today and talked. It helped. Thanks, Diane B. Sometimes that's all it takes. Just need to talk to people about it. Uh, this one, this next one comes from someone called AA Sober Today, who wrote, I realized my role and how things were messed up and how much I was forgiven. And I got my head out of my ass. At that point, it was easy. Thank you, AA Sober Today. Mark wrote that he deals with his resentments very slowly, unfortunately. I hear that, Mark. And lastly, this one comes from someone called Sober Doc, who writes, Resentments indicate an opportunity for me to look deeper and to find out more about how I operate in this world. I stay accountable for the fact that I am the one creating the resentments. Well said, Sober Doc. Well, I'm not sure I can say it much better than any of those folks, but I thought I'd give it a shot anyway. As I have said in the podcast before, and as I made clear in my book, I did not suffer any major childhood trauma. In fact, my childhood was pretty perfect. I was ideal. I had two loving and supportive parents, and all the resources and opportunity uh, any kid could ever want. I've lived an incredibly privileged life. Um, uh, I'm very grateful for that. Until my dad got sick and eventually died um, about seven or, jeez, uh, I guess that's more like eight or nine years ago, I hadn't really encountered any notable adversity in my life. So I don't have the kind of deep-seated resentments that many addicts and alcoholics carry with them into recovery. And that often added to my guilt and shame uh, in early recovery. I felt weak, uh, almost like I didn't deserve recovery, uh, which is obviously uh, not true. Uh, I know that now, uh, but it took me a while to get there. As I first started working steps, I was resolute in my belief that I didn't really have any resentments unless you counted the intense hatred and resentment I felt towards myself at the time. But as time wore on and the fog began to clear, I realized that I was holding on to more than a few resentments. Those resentments were most definitely getting in the way of my healthy recovery. These resentments that all seem pretty silly to me today, to be honest, uh, used to keep me up at night. I often found myself having hours-long arguments in my head with any number of people who I imagined had slighted me in one way or another. 
Or maybe it's more accurate to say that I spent countless hours writing and rewriting grandiose speeches that I imagined delivering to whoever it was that happened to be living in my head that night. This practice was useless and counterproductive, to say the least. Without exception, I would wake up the next morning consumed by a tornado of negative thoughts and feelings. And that's certainly not conducive to a healthy recovery. But I couldn't just stop having these thoughts and feelings. I had to come up with a way to acknowledge them, to process them, and let them go if I was ever going to make any progress. Over the years, I've come up with some strategies and practices that have made a world of difference for me in this area. And I can't even begin to tell you how freeing it has been to rid myself of the resentments that have been silently sabotaging my mental health for so long. So this is what I do, among other things. These are the kind of main things that I have learned over the years about resentments and dealing with them. Because I need to express my resentments in one way or another, I choose to write them down, usually in the form of a letter, an email, uh, to the person at the center of that resentment. The first draft of that email is usually pretty harsh and definitely not written with any intent of sharing it with anyone. And sometimes that's all it takes. I just purge, get it all out there, write it down as if you could, you know, really tell someone how you're feeling in that moment. Other times, when I feel that the resentment is something that has to be addressed and resolved, I will write and rewrite that email a hundred times until I feel like it's ready to share with the person that I'm having an issue with or resentment with. And believe it or not, I have uh, never regretted sending any of those uh, kind of resentment resolution emails. Um, sometimes I don't get the response that I really want. Sometimes I don't get any response at all. Actually, that's probably the most <laughs> common, uh, outcome of this. And sometimes I get a response that truly squashes the whole thing. Uh, that has happened too, but without exception, I'm always glad that I hit that send button. It relieves me of the burden that that resentment was creating for me. Also. I have a terrific therapist who I wrote about in the book, but who I also uh, you know, continue to see weekly, uh, who I'm comfortable sharing my resentments with, um, as irrational and petty as they sometimes can be. Sometimes just expressing these resentments out loud in the presence of an unbiased and non-judgmental professional is all I need to do in order to let them go. Lastly, I try to remind myself that everyone has a story. That's the whole point of this podcast. It's the whole point of like so much of what I do and why I wrote the book and kind of um, my guiding purpose in a lot of what I've always done in my life. It's empathy. So whatever assumptions I'm making about someone who I perceive to have wronged me in some way or another, uh, those assumptions are most likely way off base. Whoever it is, I'm sure they have struggles and issues of their own. And I'm sure I don't know the half of it. So long story short, I try to show compassion for the people I used to spend so much time resenting and telling off in my fantasies. And I wish them well. Don't get me wrong. 
This isn't always easy for me to do, and sometimes I still lie awake at night, wrestling with the same negative thoughts and feelings I used to have. But it never lasts long enough to steer me down a bad path or distract me from what I need to do to maintain a healthy recovery. And that has made all the difference. Well, that's about all I have as far as advice for handling resentments and recovery. I hope um, my little two cents, along with the many cents given by the uh, my followers on Twitter, uh, has helped you guys in one way or another. So now it's time for some gratitude. So I like to finish every episode by expressing some gratitude. It's the same way I try to end every day. It definitely helps me keep a healthy perspective on things. And today, I would like to express my gratitude for my mama, who is turning 80 years old next week, which I guess makes her officially old enough to be President of the United States of America. Anyway, among the many silver linings to that dark cloud I created during my addiction is um, this renewed and strengthened bond that I now share with my mom. I've always loved my mom, and aside from a few rough years during my adolescence, uh, we've always had a great relationship. But this new uh, shared adversity that we've been facing together over the past uh, nine or so 10, 9 or 10 years since my dad got sick, um, has really brought us together. And um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. When I needed someone more than I ever had, my mama was there. And she continues to be the force behind any and all things good in my life. I don't even like to think about how things would have turned out for me and for my family. if I hadn't had my mom in my corner through it all. So yeah, I'm grateful for my mama today. Happy birthday, mom. All right, no more tears. That should just about do it. Time for some thank yous and goodbyes. First of all, thanks for taking the time to listen to me today. I will be back to interviewing some unique and interesting people about their life stories next week. But in the meantime, I hope there was something of value for each of you in these last uh, two episodes about making amends and dealing with resentments and recovery. And if you did, in fact, learn something or find some value in what you heard today uh, or any other day, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, the fundraiser link is right there in the episode notes. Give it a click and make a small donation if you're feeling it. Also, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast or about my book that you would like to share with me, or if you'd like to be a future guest or maybe even a sponsor of the podcast, please feel free to drop me a note at Between the Lines Memoir at gmail.com. Or just spread the word the old fashioned way. Tell a friend if you have one. Or even better, post something on social media and let all of your friends know about the cool new podcast you've been listening to. Most of all, thank you all for listening today. And in the wise, wise words of my Uncle Dave, keep it simple, be humble, 
and hope for the best. See ya.